Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. What if far more people are infected with coronavirus than previously thought? A preliminary study that tested more than 800 adults in Los Angeles County for COVID-19 antibodies suggests that's the case. Those antibodies indicate someone's been exposed to the virus. KPCC's Robert Garova has more. With these preliminary results, researchers estimate that somewhere between 220,000 and 440,000 Angelinos have already been infected. That's a lot more than the almost 14,000 cases confirmed so far. But, says USC's Dr. Naraj Sood, the study's lead investigator. What the findings show is that only 4% of our population has been infected, which means we are very early in the epidemic and many more people in L.A. County could potentially be infected. The good news is that with the additional hundreds of thousands of estimated cases, L.A. County's mortality rate is expected to come way down from the more than 4% it's at now. The county is currently averaging about 50 COVID-19 deaths a day. That makes the virus the county's number one killer, even beating out coronary heart disease. Researchers say they hope to replicate the antibody study in the coming weeks. For the California Report, I'm Robert Garova in Los Angeles. President Trump announced on Twitter last night he plans to temporarily suspend immigration into the U.S. He says it's a way to protect jobs. Few details as usual, but it'll likely be challenged in the courts. So here's the latest on another part of our immigration system and how it's been affected by coronavirus. A federal judge in Southern California has ordered Immigration and Customs Enforcement to consider releasing all detainees nationwide who are at risk of contracting COVID-19. KQED's Farida Javala romero Reports. U.S. District Judge Jesus Bernal says ICE must promptly identify every detainee who's at serious risk from coronavirus because of their advanced age, chronic health conditions, or pregnancy. The agency must then review whether they can be released from detention centers, says Judge Bernal. Plaintiff lawyers say healthcare at many ICE detention centers is substandard, and the agency is not adequately protecting the most vulnerable detainees. The number of confirmed coronavirus cases in ICE facilities has grown to 220 detainees and 30 employees, including 28 cases in California. ICE did not immediately return requests for comment. For the California Report, I'm Farida Javala Romero. Sixty inmates at a state prison in San Bernardino County have tested positive for COVID-19. And two men recently paroled from that facility have also tested positive for the virus. KQED's Julie Small reports that's raising concerns about the prison's virus outbreak spreading. One of the men died in a halfway house in Los Angeles County. The other is isolated in a hotel room in Mendocino County. 
Both men were quarantined at the California Institution for Men before their releases in early April because they'd been exposed to the virus. One of them, a 63-year-old who paroled to the city of Compton, died on April 11th after an apparent respiratory failure. He tested positive for COVID-19 after his death, according to documents filed in federal court Monday. The other, younger parolee, was first released to Stanislaus County, then traveled over 200 miles to stay with a family member in Mendocino County. The area that he was in was not suitable due to the close proximities of the neighbors. Mendocino County Sheriff Matt Kendall says a Officials isolated and tested the man once they were forwarded a letter from the prison saying the parolee had been exposed to the virus. What I want to know is how many releases did Pino make? Where did those guys go? How many of these letters went out to public health departments? A spokeswoman for the prisons says nurses notify health officials whenever they release inmates who were quarantined. Inmates confirmed to have the virus while in prison have not been released, but relatively few have been tested. For the California Report, I'm Julie Small. Remember when planned utility outages, not coronavirus, was the big news story we were reporting daily? Well, it's still an issue, and a coalition of local government and clean energy groups is asking California's public utilities regulator, the State Public Utilities Commission, to issue emergency rules for wildfire-related electricity shutoffs during the COVID-19 pandemic. KQED science reporter Daniel Venton has more. The proposed order would require PG&E and other power providers to assess how shutoffs would affect hospitals with coronavirus patients. Here's Christopher Godley, Director of Emergency Management for Sonoma County. That would allow for local jurisdictions to have a discussion with PG&E about these power shutoffs to really limit the impact of the power shutoffs in the community, especially for facilities like medical health care facilities where we need that power during this kind of event. The utilities had until the end of Monday to give the CPUC their input on the request. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton. In a legislative hearing yesterday in Sacramento, members of both parties said they wanted more oversight over how Governor Newsom is responding to the pandemic, especially when it comes to how money is being spent, like a recent deal to buy millions of masks from China. KQED politics reporter Katie Orr has more. Lawmakers at the hearing stressed they believe Governor Gavin Newsom is doing a good job of responding to California's coronavirus outbreak, but Republicans and Democrats had questions about how Newsom is spending money related to COVID-19. The legislature gave Newsom broad authority to spend up to a billion dollars to fight the pandemic when it began. Now, Assembly Budget Chair Phil Ting says it's time for it to get more involved. We also feel like we have a very important role to play, especially as it comes to the appropriation and the expenditure of these resources. Lawmakers also expressed frustration about a lack of communication from the administration around the distribution of protective equipment. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento. Let's turn now to the plight of local governments. As tax revenues dwindle because of the business shutdown, the state's largest cities are getting financial help from the federal government through the CARES Act. But cities of less than 500,000 people, at least for now, are on their own. So what's it like to run a smaller city during the pandemic? We reached out to Peter Weiss, the mayor of Oceanside in North San Diego County. Population, 176,000. I think the cabin fever is starting to set in because we're starting to see 
uh, a lot of people uh, asking and pushing to say, hey, we need to start um, opening things up again. And, and that's one of the things we have been um, wrestling with. We actually put together an economic recovery task force several weeks ago to look at what what can we start planning for as the economy comes back because it certainly is a big issue for us to uh, regenerate that economy, to get people back to work as soon as possible, but recognizing that you can't push too soon because you still need to maintain and recognize people's health to make sure that we don't you know, get create another wave of, of infections. So, Mayor Weiss, with every day that businesses are closed in Oceanside, what does that mean then for the city's municipal finances? How much is being lost? So we're looking uh, from our finance director, she's projecting for next year. I, I don't know so much for this year, uh, but for next year, we're looking between our sales tax and our hotel taxes, about a 3 to $4 million uh, decrease in revenues. So how significant is that for a city the size of Oceanside? Well, if you look at our library budget, it's the whole library. If you look at our parks and rec budget, it's pretty much the whole parks and rec. I mean, not that we would be eliminating those um, services, obviously, um, but it does mean looking at where can we do some systematic reductions to save money. It, it, hopefully, when the economy starts coming back, the the, the hit we're going to take this next fiscal year uh, is going to be short-lived, so we can plan appropriately. Uh, it's not like uh, back in the, the prior recession where um, we had wholesale reductions in home values that carried on for multiple years. So I, I think we're going to see um, uh, this is not going to be a short recovery, but I think over a two-year two period, I think we hopefully will be able to rebound enough um, and enough people get back to work and start generating um, revenue, not just for themselves, but for the city so we can recover a lot quicker. All right. Peter Weiss, the mayor of the city of Oceanside, we wish you luck and, and thanks so much. Thank you. And finally, the coronavirus pandemic has caused an enormous amount of damage. But here and there, it has done some good, like this. That's the sound of a nearly empty L.A. freeway during morning rush hour. A new study out of UC Davis says less traffic means fewer crashes, and that's created big cost savings. KQED's Dan Brecky reports. UC Davis's Road Ecology Center studied collision data from the California Highway Patrol for the first three weeks after Governor Gavin Newsom issued his statewide stay-at-home order on March 19th. Center co-director Fraser Schilling says staff compared those numbers to those recorded just before the order and for the same period a year ago. It's a bit of a silver lining for uh, the pandemic that we've got this reduced driving and accompanying it is reduced impacts from driving, some of the negative impacts from driving. Specifically, the CHP data showed a decline of more than 50% in both the overall number of daily collisions and in the number of fatal and injury crashes. The center also explored the financial impact of the abrupt reduction in highway mayhem. You can take these injury collisions, the property damage collisions, the fatal collisions, and estimate the total cost. The center calculates the reduced cost in collisions and injuries over the study period to be about $40 million a day, a total of nearly $1 billion through last week. Schilling says the financial benefit might be retained if large numbers of Californians continue to work from home and reduce their non-essential travel. And I'm just going to say positive that we are going to learn from this. It's an incredible event in a lot of ways. It's traumatic. It's anxiety-provoking. 
And I think that hopefully that will make it stick in our heads. Shelter-at-home orders, complete with reduced traffic, will continue into May in the state's major metro areas. For the California Report, I'm Dan Brecky. And that's the California Report for Tuesday, April 21st, a production of KQED Public Radio. And speaking of public radio, remember, you can tune in to your local NPR station for all of the latest coronavirus news. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Be well, everyone. Support for the California Report comes from California Earthquake Authority, urging Californians to prepare for the next damaging earthquake. Learn more at earthquakeauthority.com. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems, and the California Healthcare Foundation, standing with all Californians as we address the coronavirus emergency together, on the web at chcf.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.